making sure I'm not talking about the wrong fucking country this whole time. That's probably a wise choice. You know, because they're not white, so who fucking knows where they're from? That's this week's racism. Brought to you by Asians. I'm I'm genuinely speechless. (laughs) (laughs) My half Asian... No, wait a minute. My Asian half... Does that mean that I can be, like, half really good in a fight? (laughs) Maybe should we ask Michael Bay? (laughs) I don't think he knows. Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily, and I am joined this week solo by my partner in Indonesian crime, Bartholomew Devon. Hello, Bartholomew. Hola. Hola. No, that's that's not Indonesian. That's Mexican. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're off to the races, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. Uh, this week we've got an action double feature for you. Uh, we just literally walked uh, walked out of the raid. Well, I shouldn't say we walked out, out of. It. Good lord, I'm out of it already. Well, okay. <laughs> so what we have done is watched the raid Indeed. and the raid two in rapid succession. That's true. And we didn't walk out of it. No. We completed both, Indeed. and we're amazed. We are amazed. Uh, so I, I this is my. Third time seeing The Raid Redemption, the first film, uh, I watched it. I actually bought this movie. I actually bought this Blu-ray sight unseen because I had just heard so many incredible yeah, I, things about it. I thought you had it. I yeah. I, I remember. I bought it. Uh, I, I found the Blu-ray on Amazon for like 10 bucks or something like that, so, mm-hmm. I, just, so I just bought it. Um, and I watched it as part of my year of viewing um, alongside uh, the Dread remake, the Judge Dread remake, because they're very similarly structured. Uh, both movies are, you know, action films about uh, a cop who is in a sort of slum apartment building with a drug lord, crime lord, uh, occupying the penthouse up at the top, and a shitstorm of guys. And a yes, exactly. And so the cop has to make his way up. Uh, all the way up to the top of the building to take down the big boss, and there are many, many minions in between that he has to, you know, mow down. Um, and so I, but I, and I, I still haven't gotten around to writing a nice piece comparing and contrasting the two. Um, but that was my first viewing of the raid, uh, and that so that was a while ago. That was a couple months back, and then I watched it again on the plane on the way to South by Southwest, uh, which leads me to my almost encounter with the Raid 2 Berendal. Um, so I knew that it was going to be playing at South by Southwest and that I had a pretty better than average chance of getting to see it. So I made sure to watch, refresh the original uh, before seeing the second one. And then I went to see the second one uh, and got about six or seven minutes into the movie. They started the movie, got about six or seven minutes in. Uh, there were no subtitles. This is an Indonesian film, not in English. Uh, there were no subtitles after the first few minutes, so they had to stop the movie, uh, and 
they tried to cover the director Gareth Evans came out and started to do Q and A, and he actually had two of the action, two of the leads uh, with him. So they he pulled them up onto stage and they actually sparred a little. They like fought each other a little bit on stage, which was awesome. awesome. Uh, and then he started doing some Q and A, uh, and and then finally they figured out, yeah, you know, we just we can't figure it. We can't get this thing working. We're gonna have to reschedule the screening for tomorrow, and that was the day that I was flying back to Boston. So uh, I did not get to see all of the raid two. Um, now you have though, and now I have. Um, but before we before we really dig into the raid two, uh, let's let's really set the stage with the first one. Okay. Um, so Bart, this was your first viewing. What did you What did you think of the first one? That shit be cray. <laughs> cray cray? That shit be cray No, just cray. one cray. Just, just one. Just, just one. a single cray. Just, just a single cray. Just a single cray. No, that's no. good. It leaves you some room to go for the well, second yeah. one. Well, you know. The second one can see, accumulate more crays. See what it did there? That's good. Um, I thought that it was very tight. Yeah. It was... Everything about it was tight. The, the shots were tight. The action was tight. The editing was tight as hell. Yeah. Uh, it was just... It was very well together mm-hmm. and it felt very lean and uh, I think it imparted it with a sense of rawness that it should have for that kind of a movie yeah um, and I, I liked that and this is true of both movies but uh, certainly the first one is like there were moments when I wasn't completely certain of what I was watching actually maybe this is more true of the second one there were moments when I wasn't compl- like a hundred percent certain of what was going on but then as soon as that scene ended, I was like, oh, yeah. I liked that. Because <laughs> there was a little bit of suspense. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Snowpiercer, where they're sort of like, you, they drop some threads and you don't necessarily know what they're talking right. about or, or what exactly it is that you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, and you sort of have to wait for them to wrap it up later. Right, right. And it's, I, I like that because I feel like in a lot of movies these days, you lack replay value. Sure. Um, it's like, oh, I've seen it. No, I don't care. Yeah. I'm done. But I feel like, I mean, Snowpiercer, it was true. Both of these, it's true for sure. I'm trying to think of other things we've seen recently where it would be not Transformers. That didn't well, have initial no, play value. No. Um, but, well, see, and yeah. you know, that's interesting because the you know there really isn't a lot of story to the first movie. No. I mean, it's, it's, very, it's a very Spartan approach. It's yeah. literally a team, like a SWAT team of cops who are going into this building to take down a drug lord and... and trying to take down these guys and they kind of get you know they basically get ambushed like well, shortly into it and so it's i mean you've got the one guy and he's got a little bit of backstory but there wasn't like a whole big cast of characters that you get really emotionally involved in there's pretty much just rama our our hero and uh mm-hmm. and then he's got his his brother andy and who's one of the bad guys and sort of Sort of, yeah. Um, and, the, the, you know, the rest of the cops and even most of the villains are sort of, you know, they they, they have moments to shine, you know? Yeah. Um, and I actually, what's one of the things that I like about both movies is that uh, there are a collection of really great minions. Oh, yeah. You know, like sub-bosses. If this was a, if this was a video game, basically, which it more or less the, is. The first one is very much yeah. a video game. But there's, like, there's Machete Guy... And uh, there's uh, in the first one you get Machete Guy, <laughs> Mad Fist Willie. Yeah, you get Mad Dog. Um, so and and then well, Mad Dog. I mean, Mad Dog really is kind of the ultimate 
guy that they have to take down oh, because yeah. the the actual boss Tama is not he I mean he, they don't they don't fight him he's an evil fuck but they don't have to like you know throw down with him no he's Sauron yeah exactly um, but in the second one you get Hammer Girl you get Baseball Guy you who, get, who actually don't have names yeah and well, then, she did she was somebody quote Hammer, Hammer Girl. Girl yeah. Uh, and then you also get that uh, the other guy, the th- the third oh, guy who he fights in the kitchen, Captain Hook. Captain Hook. Yeah, we'll call him Captain Hook. I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's there's uh, they're not they're not really well fleshed out, but they each get sort of like a scene to shine before mm-hmm. they have to throw down with Rama, and um, and it just keeps them keeps them just interesting enough that you, you yeah, know, like you, are invested more invested when the big fight actually comes. Yeah, I, I like very much that they didn't spend a lot of time fleshing characters out actually because yeah. it left it it made your perspective limited enough like they like they gave you some moments of specificity uh details about characters but not yeah. whole arcs uh-huh. so you feel like you're getting a snapshot of a world sure uh of a more complete universe and it leaves you wonder like the first thing i said to daily at the end of the movie was is there going to be a raid three <laughs> i mean look we can all hope uh, i mean i wouldn't be surprised yeah i really wouldn't um, there are, I think the fir- I mean, the first one is really, but the, you know, the story is in the first one is not really the draw. It's the action. I mean, oh, the fight scenes are just well, both of them. incredible. Right. But the first one is so it's like, there's a premise and then there isn't really a lot of twists and turns or anything after that. You have the reveal of the brother, which is sort of telegraphed at the beginning, but um, I mean, it's mostly just once they get in the building, you know, how many dudes are they going to have to fight? to get through and like how much more awesome can each fight be than the one before it um but the fights are all incredible they are all extremely well done and there's like ridiculous there are all sorts of really great really i mean that's what you want when a movie's going to hinge on fight scenes and on action like that you want a couple of like really memorable you know uh sequences a couple of memorable uh death or a memorable uh you know device like the the gas tank in the refrigerator bomb um the nuking the fridge yeah that, literally that, that, that's how you nuke a fridge exactly right um i also really like when he he chops the hole in the floor so that they can go down down through the through the floor yeah um and he drops down and then the second guy drops down and the camera drops with that, him and it's and it's there, so fluid. Okay, there, there were some moments of camera magic yeah, in this thing. Yeah, I like the victim cam you get sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a moment where I it made me think of Doom. Mm. Remember Doom where yeah. they they, bought, they bothered to do the yeah they did a first, first person, person yeah. perspective, and I felt like there were a couple moments here where you almost had the opposite where you like, it, it, as if they had mounted the camera at the end of the gun. Yeah, but. Pointing at the guy instead oh, sure. of the, instead of down the barrel yeah, at the victim. Absolutely. I, like, I mean, almost not quite, but I was like, that's a that's a thing I haven't seen. No, a lot of the camera. It's most of the, both of these movies, but especially the first one. It's a lot of handheld. Yeah. Um, it's there is some shaky cam in there, but it's not really a lot of shaky cam. It's just it's very close up. It's very it's all handheld. It's all moving. Yeah. Um, so you know, obviously, it's you know, shooting for that whole trying to make you feel like you're in the fight but you know it really it just it makes you feel each one of those impacts i mean and the, the sound work is all incredible the as sound well. work is ridiculous yeah um especially in the second one with the, the guy with the baseball bat like when he like he takes out like those three or four guys on the sidewalk and it's like 
it's just like that ping, yeah, like whenever oh, the, awesome. the aluminum bat hits a guy's like bone, and you like you hear that like little metallic ping sound, and it's oh, it's so good. It is so good, and I, actually, it reminded me of the first one where the guy with where machete guy, yeah. his name I don't know, is, is banging walking it. and banging rhythmically against the wall with yeah. the thing, and it's so consistent and yeah. it's so repeated. It starts to make you feel kind of crazy. Exactly, and I mean, and that's one of the great. I love that scene. That's one of the scenes that I always remember really strongly from that movie. Is like with them hanging. I mean, like, and nothing really happens in that moment. It's no. kind of a fake out, but just like them all huddled around the corner in that little tile room, uh, and yeah, and him stalking them with uh, clanging the knife on the thing. Yeah, and the, you know the builds the, tension like crazy. Oh yeah, and the, you know, and the flip that in the in the second one, the baseball bat guy. He's dragging the bat along the sidewalk, and it's and at first it's happening off screen, so you're not. I wasn't sure at first if that was like, like you saw the guy with a bat, and then, and then you were like the fo- camera was focused on the guys he was approaching. So I wasn't sure if we were hearing the bat dragging on the sidewalk, or right. if that was a part of the music. Key. Right, and they actually they, they did it in the first one too. Yeah, with the alarm. Oh yeah, 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 which was awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole thing. Like, it's very, very tight. And you could tell that there was a lot of attention paid to detail. Sure. Um, you know what it reminded me of, just in terms of sound, is you ever listen to Scott Pilgrim with headphones on? Sure. Like, if you watch the movie with headphones on, they they were obsessive about sound in that movie. Oh, yeah. And you can't tell just over speakers. But if you put headphones on and you can hear it going through the channel. stereo yeah, back and forth. Channel yeah. to channel, it's ridiculous. That's great. And there are little things that you miss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, so yeah, so not only do we get a bunch of really memorable fights, uh, you know, there, the, there are a couple of fantastic, like, fatalities as well. Oh, um, yeah. There's, in the first one, we have the, the guy who, uh, Rama throws him off the, over the, over the railing down the stairs, and you think he's gonna, like, fall down all the levels, nope. but instead he breaks his back on the railing and across just, the way. And he's just perched yeah, there. Yeah, and there's just stays right there. there. It's incredible. Um, there was there was the guy who they they break through a door. Yes, I know. I knew you'd see where <laughs> you were going. He just, and he pulls him back, uh-huh. like like Rama holds him and then jumps backwards, uh-huh. and and so that just so that his neck will land um, on this on like shards of door. Yep. Just, oh my god! It's an incredible, incredible sequence, and yeah, I've, tried, I've been just racked my brain because they were talking about it in the Q and A at South by, and I'm pretty sure that he said that that moment was not in the script that was conceived on set um, because there was, and it was literally just like a problem-solving thing where it was like they needed some reason for him to be in that room uh, for the next scene. Oh. Uh, like they, they wanted him in, in a room, not in the hallway for the next, for the next shot, for the next scene. And yeah. so, uh, they, so he was basically standing there and said, well, what if I just jumped backwards and pulled him in? Uh, and, and it's like one of the best things yeah, in the it's, movie. It's, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Oh, it's so great. It just because you're not even sh- you don't even quite realize what you're seeing at first. No, I didn't get it until yeah. until the, the actually the following shot. Yeah. from the other perspective. I don't know. It's 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 rare these days mm-hmm. that I will be wowed by an action movie. Yeah. Uh-oh. And then you've also got the big fight with Mad Dog, which I always think of it as the meat locker fight. I, like the room they're in, it's not a meat locker, but it kind of looks like it. Yeah. It yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. a it looks like a big walk-in freezer. Yeah. Um and uh and that man, that fight is so great. Uh, I mean, look, this whole podcast could literally just be us going, "Oh my god, that fight, that fight was awesome." I, well, um, so far that's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. But it's I mean, but there's there's 
it's hard. You know, this is the problem you always have with an action movie is especially when you've got something like this where there's the one guy who's just going to take out hordes of, of faceless, uh, you know, faceless attackers um, to make a, an individual fight really stand out. Yeah. Um, and that fight with Mad Dog at the end is, like, I always think, going every time I've watched it, I've always think, like, uh, this isn't really gonna, I mean, it's fine, I guess, but it's not really, and then it delivers that that knockout blow at the end and i love that mad dog has like a finishing move like a pro wrestler yeah where he has that kind of like sleeper hold and then and he does like the next snap it's crazy yeah but I, I love that he has like a signature move i think that's fantastic yeah yeah oh my god so you end up with like three or four survivors at the end of the movie yep and then the second one picks up immediately after the first one kills two and removes and the other one kills yeah just kills everybody basically in yeah. the first in the first five minutes and literally that is what i saw at south by we literally saw everybody die and then that's it and then and then they stopped it they oh, stopped Jesus. it as soon as they as soon as they shot the old guy lieutenant like as soon as they blew his head off that's when they stopped the movie i was like <laughs> fucking all i did was see everybody i know get killed with no context at yeah. all <laughs> it was the weirdest fucking thing. And then everything goes crazy. Yeah. Well, and that, so that's what I think is so great about this, uh, about Barrendal, is that it really blows the world out uh, in a epic way. Oh, and I mean, it's almost, it's almost disconnected yeah. from the first one. Well, okay, so, and now, you know, that you said that, the reason that that is, uh, the reason that it feels that way is because... Uh, Berendahl was the movie that Gareth Evans wanted to make first. Oh. Um, he had written this giant, crazy, undercover cop, like, crime lord movie, um, and he couldn't get it financed. He couldn't get he couldn't get it made. So he, so he, you know, put it on a shelf, basically, and came up with this other pitch for, for the raid, yeah. and did that one instead, and when it became... You know, yeah, when it became really successful and, you know, all this buzz, he said, well, you know, he basically said, I, well, now I've got some, some cachet. I can yeah. use that momentum to get this other one made. He said, I'll just, he basically just said, well, I'll just turn the main character in that movie into Rama from the first one. Like we, that's, which is why he kills everybody from the first movie in the first five minutes. Right. Except for Rama. And then it just becomes, uh, well, this cop is going to go undercover and it, well, and, and it's, and it's fine. Right, well, I mean, there is... Okay, characters who managed to make it from the first movie to the second movie. There's the old cop. Yeah, there's the old lieutenant. There's the brother. There's the brother. The drama. Yeah. And then the guy... There's the, the guy with his... Who got his ear blown off. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. And there's the crooked cop. What was his name? Uh, Reza. Yeah, Reza. Yeah. Although we never, he's never yeah. seen in the first he's movie. He's mentioned, But he's yeah. mentioned a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. And that whole thing just kind of... I mean, they kind of buttoned it up yeah. in the raid. Yeah. But not really. Yeah. And I kept thinking during the second one, I was like, what movie am I watching right now? Is this Kill Bill? Is this The Departed? Yeah. Is this The Godfather? Oh, yes. Okay, that's exactly right. Because I was going to say, there are little pieces of all of those. Yeah. But the one that kept, like, like stampeding through my mind the whole time was Godfather. This, I mean, it feels like the relationship between these two movies feels like The Godfather and The Godfather 2. Yeah. Where the second one is so much more intricate and so much more uh, detailed and and the relationship between Ucho and Bangan, the, the father and the son uh, gangsters, yeah. it feels derivative. Yeah, it feels well it feels templated off of Sonny. 
yeah. you know, Sonny Corleone. And, and yeah. I mean, that's, it's the hot-headed young son who does think he gets the respect and wants to take over the family and fucks it up at every turn, basically. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I don't know what that makes Rama. I mean, because he's not really, he wouldn't really be wouldn't really be michael Mm-mm. i mean maybe he actually has a little bit of robert duvall in him i feel like he's kind of like consigliere oh. kind of thing going yeah. on except that he actually will like kick some ass when he has to some yeah <laughs> um he will kick all the asses he he's quite indestructible yeah i mean he got pretty cut up and yeah he's like ah all right but the the not only is this you know the story much bigger, but i think the filmmaking is so much stronger in the second one. I mean, oh, yeah. and and that's why I was thinking, you know, Godfather Two, because when you make a list of sequels that live up to and or surpass their originals, it's a short list. It's a very short list, and Godfather Two is right up there. Oh yeah, um, and I think that this goes toe to toe. I mean, I think this is right. I think this <laughs> Wrath is of God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is. I think this is right, right up there. In that, I mean, yeah, the first one has some very slick, you know, some very slick filmmaking. Um, the, I, you know, there's that great uh, sequence with uh, all the guys in the hallway, uh, and the, the muzzle flash lights up, and they see the guys up above him. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a great little bit. I I don't know if, I mean, it almost isn't a sequel to me. It, it just well, you have the one character. I mean, that's really all it is. Really, yeah. it. I mean, in that case, it might as well be Die Hard. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. Um, yeah, and it's it. Guess technically it's a sequel, but not really. And I think, I mean, if I were going to purchase one of them, only if I could only buy one, and I had to buy one, I'm pretty sure I'd buy the first one. Really? Yeah. That's interesting because I was going to say the exact opposite. In fact, I was even thinking about, uh, you know, if I was going to tell someone only you like if you're only going to watch one, I would say watch the second one because I think the second one is like a more compelling movie. Oh, no, and, don't get me wrong. And you don't, I don't think you need the first one don't, to watch the second one. No, you, know? you, cer- you certainly don't. And don't get me wrong. I, I think that the second one is a better movie. Yeah. But I really like how, like I said earlier, how, how lean and oh, raw. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And undiluted, the first one, is there's not much to it. No. It's just like this is an action movie, and it's berserk. <laughs> and that's all it's supposed to be. And yeah. that's it. I mean... Okay, things that I really didn't, well, at least one thing that I really did not like about the second one. Yeah. What's his name? Kane guy. Yeah, Bijo. He annoyed the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. I hated him. A little too quirky of a character, no. you think? No. He, he, was, he, was, he was like a Bond villain. You, yeah, no, he's got he was, all sorts he's, of affectations. He's, he's endlessly monologuing. Like, I was like, <laughs> am I, like, that was the other one. I was like, am I watching The Incredibles? <laughs> like, he's just endlessly soliloquy like shut up yeah shut up yeah and uh it's like okay like i, I half expected to pull a dead cat, cat out <laughs> and start petting it. i was like what who are you and why are you so ridiculous i was actually uh surprised uh, i was actually surprised in that that you know that's he is what sets rama on this whole journey is that bijo kills his brother at the beginning right, right. and it's well if you 
you know, befriend Ucho and get in with his family, then that will lead you to Bijo, and then you can, right. you know, get vengeance or whatever. Right. And he doesn't actually get to do that. Nope. You know, when it's all said and done, I mean, yeah, Bijo goes down, but it wasn't it wasn't Rama that did it. Uh, Rama, I mean, he's in the room. He doesn't even really see it happen. So no, he's, he's, he's ducking behind a couch. couch. Exactly. Yeah, so no, that, 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 that one aspect of the end kind of fell flat for me a little bit. Yeah, but, I, I mean, the whole thing with the brother seemed... Almost unnecessary. Yeah. Um, in fact, it didn't almost. It felt unnecessary. Period. Sure. And I, I didn't. I didn't love that. I, I didn't like how some of the characters in the second one, like Bijou, Bijou felt just a little overcooked. The uh, the son was. I, I mean, he was bad. He was more tolerable than than Bijou, but sure. But but it's just they they seemed slightly one sided. Yeah. Like like I mean, it was one of those things that pulls you out of the movie a little bit. Yeah. I mean, some of the camera work did anyway, which is fine. Like when they there's the one where he lands upside down and then they flip and the then they camera. flip the camera. I love that. I, I think it's it. no, so I, great. I, I you think it, it looks like he's on the ceiling and then they yeah. flip and no 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 the camera just spins around and goes no, right you right your way yeah, again. Yeah. One eighty. I mean there were little things and it was there's a, and actually but, right before that there's a shot that I also really like through over the wall. Uh, no 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 when he he's chasing the guy out of the and there there it's the the porno house shootout right um, and the guy runs away the awkward jump cut yeah 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 it's it cut so that at first you think that you're like gonna cut to like right or you see them coming right around the corner but in, in fact you're at the opposite end of the hall so there's yeah. like a whole little flip of perspective yeah. um it really catches you off guard but it's oh it's great i love it not gonna argue um no there's a whole lot of really great just like really jaw-dropping cinematography in this i also the 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 shot the fence stabbing when the guy gets stabbed through the fence, Ooh. and then the camera flips behind the fence, and you see the body slide down through, through the, the hole, hole in the, the fence. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. There were, um, there were some awkward moments, though. Mm-hmm. Like this, where, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Mad Dog in the first one. Yeah. Where he has his weird little dream sequence. It almost feels like a dream sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not... Suddenly the club, he's in his empty, and, empty then and, then, and then it's stormed by like a thousand guys. Yeah, I wasn't quite entirely sure what uh, what we were watching there for a second. I wasn't sure if it was... I didn't think that was a dream sequence, but for a second I thought it might be like uh, kind of like his vision of like that he only sees his enemies, basically. That he sees the club as empty, be, and he only but cares he, about the ones. And then it would cut back, and there would he, actually be people like running away and screaming all and stuff. Kinds yeah, of strangers. But, but no, the club just stays empty. So yeah, that, I, I that's a that, little weird flourish. I thought that, and for a second, I thought that maybe the sun had drugged him. Oh yeah, um, yeah. No, I had that thought just too. The way he like says, "Oh, you've always been a good friend," and they both drink, and then yeah. he's like, "I gotta go pee," and then all kinds of shit happens. Um, but there's uh, there's some. You know, the other thing about that really helps elevate this, uh, the second one from the first one, is that, uh, you know, redemption is, it's all in this one shitty apartment building. Yep. So it's a lot of grays and, you know, browns. Oh, and whole, it's, it's all very dark, like, uh, bluish, grayish that palette. That whole movie is one color. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, you know, Berendahl, we get to go to all these different locations and stuff. I mean, the, you know, the world expands a lot. Oh, but, yeah. But all these, there are these great, like, uh, you know, the, that club or uh, the restaurant that they're in. The mud. Yeah, the, okay, the mud rumble is a fan incredible. The yeah. mud rumble is just, be, it, it's, it is both violent 
and fucking scary, but it's also beautiful in a way. Like, all of these guys just, you know, tearing each other apart, and you literally can't tell who's who, because they're all covered in mud. Yeah. It's, inc- oh, it's great. I loved it. Yeah, no, that shouldn't work at all. Yeah, no. That In fact, that's like the definition of what not to do in a fight sequence is make all of the characters indistinguishable from each other. Right. And yet, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it is a prison riot, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So it, it works. So it works, yeah. You get that chaos of a prison riot. Right, yeah. yeah. There are those guys trying to kill him in the prison riot. Uh-huh. And then uh, later when he gets out of prison uh, and he's having dinner with Bijou and he brings in the five guys from, oh, from oh, prison oh, who, were yeah. gonna ki- who tried right. to kill him. Right. Um, that restaurant is incredible. It's also where the last scene is. Yeah. It's all those like deep reds and golds. It, you know, it, it looks like the Overlook Hotel to me. It feels like The Shining. Yeah, I was getting the same thing. And there are those like, weird patterns on the wall and stuff too. Yeah, no, and... that, that was... It's very shiny. It's spooky. I but I love yeah. it. It's it's so it's so interesting. Yeah. Like I just want to stare at that room for an hour. You oh, know, make me crazy. I it, literally, yeah. There's also that shot of the coin spinning. That uh, was awesome. It's so weird. That like, was one of those things. Like you shouldn't be able to focus on that. Yeah. It uh, looks like the coin is bending or spiraling and on itself. Yeah, and, no, that was oh, great. Man. And it served no purpose. It was no, just awesome. It's just a it's just a great little flourish. It's like it's almost like he was sitting around with a camera one day filming himself spinning coins and going, Holy shit, this looks awesome. I gotta put this in a movie someday, you yep. know? Like Yep. And then inadvertent discovery that then you know becomes this like great little punctuation mark on that scene. Mm. Um there's there's all sorts of stuff like that. I I also really like uh almost similar to Mad Dog's, you know, hallucination you know, in the in the club, um, when Rama is when he first gets out and he's in the apartment by himself and he makes the phone call to his wife and he puts his finger in the ear oh, and awesome. all the loud music like yeah. falls away, yeah. but you can still hear just like a faint like thumping beat yeah. underneath it. Oh, it's so beautiful! I love that. Can we talk about the huge bugs? The, the listening devices, the wires, these, like, they're, like, silver oh, yeah. dollar-sized things. I mean, like, I, maybe that's, like, a, you know, they're I mean, an underfunded police department. They've got yeah, old maybe. equipment, like, but, like, it's, he hides this this thing that's, like, the size of a quarter with a giant wire coming out. And he, like, sticks it in his wallet, like, <laughs> oh, he'll never find this yeah, here. He'll yeah, never notice yeah. this. It's like, I feel like I would notice that as soon as I sat down on my wallet, I'd be like, what the fuck am I sitting on? What the hell is in my wallet, you know? Um, But yeah, I know. It's so weird. It almost feels like, period, it almost feels like a throwback to like an old X-Files episode or something like that. Some, you know, late, mid-90s something. Speaking of uh, the world expanding in the second one. Yeah. It wasn't, well, it wasn't just the geographical world expanding. There's a lot of genre, exp- or not not genre, but but scene expansion. Yeah. Because I mean, we had a chase, a car chase sequence. I literally we wrote had... in my notebook. I just wrote fucking car chase. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Balls. We we actually like after that finished, we turned to each other and just said, "Holy shit!" I mean, that's I mean, that is like a car chase to end all car chases. I mean, like that's it's that was right up there with with Ronin. And... It is. I it's. I mean, that's going to be hard to top. People are going to try, but yeah. I mean, I I don't know what I, I don't know what's the point. Why the fuck even? It's like it's like when Clint Eastwood made Unforgiven, and then everyone went, "All right, uh, fuck it, no more westerns for the next decade." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Like, what's what's the point now? You know. 
Yeah, it was like it was like the Matrix car chase, except way better. Yeah. No, and you know what? I had that thought as well because I remember that was one of those things that they yeah. were really touting in the second Matrix was, oh, we have this incredible car chase. Well, that, that car chase was incredible because it was like half an hour. Well, yeah, no, it literally goes on for like a quarter of the movie. Uh, and, and But, you know, what's what makes this one different and so much more interesting is that like in the Matrix, it's just... Well, this car hit that car, and this explosion, and that explosion, and whatever, and, and ghost men, so yeah, good. ghost guys fly floating through cars or whatever. You know, this one you've got literally a fight happening inside of a car in amidst a larger car chase. Like there is a car chase happening, and there's also an incredible combat scene happening inside of one of those cars. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had that in the Matrix if you think about it. With, yeah, but because they had one of the ghost. Yeah, he's got like guys. Do, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is doing like seatbelt foo in the right. front seat of the Cadillac. Right, right. But nothing like this. No, it's, uh, I mean it's oh, man. We're just gushing. That's yeah, what's I know. today we're just gushing. This now. is just, this is just action movie action <laughs> movie love. We're just spreading the love all over this thing. Oh my god. Ah, uh, gross. Um, one of the other great things about this one is that. People fucking bleed in this movie. Oh my god! You know, and it's not like Rama is just, you know, escape. escape Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's just indestructible, and then he gets a couple of bruises at the end. I mean, he can like barely walk out of that building by the time it's all said and done. He shouldn't be walking out of anything. I mean, I mean, I mean, he takes a butcher knife to the arm (laughs) in the previous fight, and then kills like fifty guys. And then he goes on to take down an entire crime ring building. And he and he gets stabbed a few times with those little hook things. Yeah, and, yeah. He uh, gets hooked under the leg. And, and, and I mean, and when he gets in that cab and all the cops attack. Yeah, he gets stabbed plenty. A couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, they're, le- like yeah, they've got like spikes him. on his with his legs. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he's he's quite indestructible in this. But yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, like certainly he should be dead he, like seven times yeah, over. I mean, but he, he's he's unkillable. Yeah, he's not uninjurable. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and that's, but there's something also kind of great and anachronistic. It's like a little, almost like a throwback to like the diehards of the lethal weapons of like the one guy who's just, you just he just keeps going, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's really any argument here, but this really just, uh, now, and between these two movies, Gareth Evans is just a huge talent. So, um, it's a little confusing because his name is Gareth Evans. Gareth Edwards is the guy who made Godzilla. And, like, I yeah. always confuse them because I always see their names just in print all the time. And right, they're both right, right. Gareth E. Where, where is where Gareth Evans, right? Yeah. Okay, where is where is he from? So he is uh, very much a white guy. He's Welsh, in fact. Uh, you can't get much whiter than Welsh. No. Um, he, he runs like a Welshman. <laughs> uh, no, so he, uh, I was just looking this up, actually. He um, was hired as a freelance director, according to Wikipedia, he was hired as a freelance director for a documentary about that Indonesian martial arts style, which I'm certainly going to mispronounce right now. Uh, Pencat, Pensak Silat, P-E-N-C-A-K, Pen, Pensak, Pencat Silat, we something will like that. Refer to it loosely as epic badassery. Epic badassery. I like. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so he was he was in Indonesia making a documentary about this martial arts style. Uh, and he just got totally, like, enthralled with it. He met uh, Iko, Iko Uwais, the, the guy who plays Rama. Yeah. He met him while he was there. He was a 
delivery guy for the phone company. He was literally delivering phone books. Uh, and also was a master of epic badassery. So uh, he cast him in his first movie, which was called Marintau, which I still haven't seen. Yeah. Um, and then and then both of the raids. But I, I mean, I can't wait to see. I mean, any he's now on my list of guys that I will show up for. I don't care what he wants to do. I will I will show up to see it at this point. Who Evans or yeah? Oh, okay. I mean, Eco as well. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, so I'm going to blow your mind a little bit here. The guy from the first raid, um, who was the uh, the police sergeant, I think, uh, Jaka, um, the one who, who with, Mad with Dog the, kills. Mustache guy. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was in Fast and Furious 6. He's the guy that they fight in the subway. What? He's the, he's the guy that Han and Tyrese fight in the subway, and they're uh, like, don't tell anybody he beat us up or whatever. Oh. He's that guy. No shit. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I know, right? He was pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah, he held his, he held his own, considering he was, you know, as a supporting good guy who is destined to not survive that movie. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's got presence. He's got great presence in he that movie. He certainly does. So you, you liked the first, you liked Redemption better than Berendahl. Uh, we don't have to agree about these no, things. No, 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 no. It's not that. I'm trying to Liked is such a, is, is... It's a very imprecise term. Uh, appreciated, um, perhaps. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I appreciated that the first one was exactly what it was, and not more. It yeah, didn't try to be more. Sure. It's it, it was very tight. It didn't sprawl. It, it there was no fat on that thing. Anywhere. Oh no, no, not at all. And I feel like it felt exactly the way that it was envisioned to feel. Sure. Whereas. There were because the second one is so much more ambitious than the first one. Yeah, I feel like there are things that aren't quite as good. I yeah, mean, like like they're like I don't have any complaints with the first one. It no, no, me neither. In the world, but I have no complaints. The second one, it's a better movie, um, and it like think think of it like percents. Yeah, I feel like the first one reached the potential that it was that it had sure whereas the second one because it was shooting so much higher didn't have maybe hit a little fell a little short for you it fell a little short but then again its goals were so much loftier true that it kind of cancels out see i i i will have i will have to respectfully disagree with you sir um it doesn't happen it doesn't happen that often no it doesn't um but no i mean i the second one you know i'm glad i own the first one and i will watch it from time to time but i think i have just blown away by Berendahl. I mean, that's a movie that I will watch regularly. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, so Jamie did not join us this week because when I said, do you want to go see two Indonesian action movies? She said, uh, no, thank you. Uh, and yeah, that's not Jamie's jam. <laughs> no, it's not her jam. Um, but, and look, and there's plenty, I mean, she would not have, you know, appreciate all of the violence uh you know a, it's all it's all violence. It, yeah the violence is insane and there's you know, the thing that i also love about the second one is i mean look the first one has plenty of plenty of violence or whatever like the guy gets stabbed in the neck with a door shard um but the second one has like as some legit gore you know oh, yeah I mean, bicho gets his whole face blown off uh I mean, there's some there's some really intense, you know, there's a lot of latex in that, the second that one. That was one of the things that I thought was interesting about 
the second one, well, both of them, but the second yeah. one more is that they were he was Evans was very selective. I almost said Edwards. Evans was very <laughs> yeah. Very, I'm in your head now. Now you're never yeah, going to get it right he, again. He was he was very particular about which violence to show you. Yeah, like there are certainly moments that seemed like that had a little bit of. Wolverine in the mansion. Oh, sure. Where it was like, uh, this guy's clearly about to be stabbed. And a lot of it is... It and is, they cut away at the last second. Right. And well, there's gore and it's very far away. Right, like, he keeps the camera very far pulled back. So you yeah. can see, like, hey, that guy doesn't have a face anymore, but you're not necessarily all up in it. Right. Um, but there's yeah. some of, the, like, the guy who gets his face on the grill in the restaurant. Oh, you like he was like, has his face... Half of his face pressed on the grill, and then he, they, he lets him up, and you see like the good half of his face, and then it cuts to Rama looking at him, and I was literally in my head going, "All right, cut, cut back to the burn face, cut back to the burn face." You know, I was thinking, I was like, the next time they reboot Batman, <laughs> that's totally what they're gonna do to make two. Harvey face. Dent is gonna get his face shoved onto an Asian grill. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> like Benny Hanna. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Plus, there's also a kick-ass lady in the second one. In the first one, there's literally no women. There's that one guy's sick wife, and Her, and she's not, wait, oh right, right, right. Yeah, there's yeah. The, there's the one guy's and, sick and, wife, and, and then there's his wife, his Rama's wife, pregnant, at the beginning, and it's on screen for six seconds. Right. Um, the second one, you have a hammer girl. Yeah, hammer girl. Who's and look? You also have strap-on lady for a second at the beginning, but uh, let's not talk about that. Yeah, though. but hammer girl is so awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. Holy shit! And then the the I love there's that great revelation where when he fights her and uh, she gets her her big sunglasses knocked off, and she's missing an eye. Yeah, and all I could think of was like. How does she hit people with hammers? Her depth perception must be all kinds of wrong. Well, also, she appears to be deaf, too. Oh, yeah. She is deaf and one-eyed and still beats the ever-loving shit out of everyone with hammers. Yeah, but she keeps her purse. <laughs> when she pulls hammers out of her purse, we all, like, the whole theater just went, ooh. And they go after Rama, and he, like, drags her off from the... Uh, from the bar, and she has to like reach back for the hammers. Oh, that was awesome! That's so funny. <laughs> like, wait, wait, I almost forgot my hammers. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Don't forget but. your hammers of doom. So you know, so you prefer the second one. I seem to prefer the first one, but our perspectives are very different on this. Sure, because you've seen the first one, yeah. three times. This was my third, yeah. And you've seen this was my first time seeing Barandal. Yeah, yeah you, the first like you've seen that once in a couple of minutes. Where this is my first time on all of this. Yes. And so my, I wonder, because you having seen the first one enough times already, uh, speaking of replay value, sure, you may have replayed all the replay value. I mean, that's possible. I have seen it three times in the last year, I would say. I would, yeah. I would have to go back and see exactly when I watched the first one, but it was certainly in the second half of my year of viewing. Yeah. So I would say I've watched it three times in the last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you know, the... At that point, it's just for it's just watching for fight scenes, right? Um, right. And you you know you space it out enough months in between, then you kind of forget the details of individual fights, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, and you could still sort of you yeah. know enjoy those moments a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that may be why I'm enjoying the second not, one, and I'm drawn to the second one so much more because I the well, story there's, is there's, so much more there, interesting. There, yeah, there's so much more story, and yeah. you know, I'm not surprised. And I wonder, I wonder whether I would agree with you upon subsequent viewings. Yeah, maybe I, it wouldn't surprise me if I did. Yeah, um, but as of right now, it's, it's so it's so 
lean. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, no, it's, I know you're, you're a big fan of movies that know what they are and don't try to be more, so, well, you, you as know. you like to put it. Uh, um, well, I mean, if Michael Bay learned that one simple lesson, yeah. all of those movies would be so much better. Well, we had so much hope there for a minute with Pain and Gain. It <laughs> sort of felt like, see, oh, like, mate, this see, is like, what Michael Bay's supposed to be. Like, that's the thing, is that Pain and Gain knew what it was. Yeah. And it was at peace with that. Uh-huh. So it, 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 you know, it reached its potential. Whereas Transformers, he, he, actually, those movies are at peace with, with, with what they are, too. It's just what they are is shit. Shit. Now it's that time. It is that time. Uh, time for our recurring feature, Heart of the Ghostbusters. Uh, Who do you want to have a drink with? I Who thought... do you want to drink with in this movie? Now, should we do one for each movie, or should we just oh, do... Yeah. Okay, we can oh, do yeah, one yeah. for each. Two movies. It's two like, movies. They like each, they each, they've each earned their own. Okay. I was getting nervous about this Yeah. Uh, in the theater, because we, I watched the whole movie, and we were like partway into the second one, I was like, oh, shit, i got to come up with a Heart of the Ghostbusters for the first one, where the characters, are, a lot of them are just fodder. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, are, they are there to be killed later. Yeah, like... Uh, would you like me to go first? Give you some thinking yeah, time? Yeah, give me a minute here. Yeah. Uh, well, for the first one, uh, you know, I'm a little torn. The, the, you know, the big problem you have with this movie is not only are so many people there just to be killed, but, you know, anyone who isn't there just to be killed is also probably fucking psychotic. So it's like, I kind of dug Machete Guy, but Machete Guy would probably cut my face off if yeah, I sneezed oh, in his no, direction, oh, you know? No, no, no. Oh, I remember who, who mine was. Um, yeah. Go ahead. So... I think it's tough. I want to say I kind of want to. I'm kind of torn uh, between Andy, the brother, yeah, and uh, the the big boss there, Tom Tama. I think his name was. I think that's right. Uh, because he was so he was so deliciously evil, and he was. I mean, he kills a bunch of guys. Like that introduction to him shooting all the guys. And then he runs out of bullets, and he balances the gun on his shoulder, oh my and God. goes back for the bullets, and instead takes the hammer. Like, and it, like, I love. The, and then later, when he like sees uh, Andy and Rama, and he's kind of he's kind of toying with him. Like, I just love the way he like lackadaisically like fucks with people, and like he's so fucking threatening. But like, that's horrifying. Yeah, I don't want to have a drink with that. I think I just want to be. I think I just want to have a drink in the same room as that. Do you want to be in the same room with that guy? <laughs> Seriously. I think I want to be sitting at the next table over as that guy, and like eavesdropping on his, on his evil fuckery. Yeah. I, okay. So. But otherwise, I mean, like, I, I, I guess I'd probably go with Andy because uh, he's a badass kind of mm, smart guy who's unscrupulous. In some ways, but has a conscience in others. Yeah, and it's yes. kind of it's kind of interesting. He's got an interesting dichotomy there. Okay, so again, if we take it as a given right now that every one of these movies is incredibly terrifying in every yeah. conceivable way, uh, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Yeah, I thought about I, that. And like, here's my reason. He he's clearly very interesting. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like he wouldn't kill you for no reason. You would need to be provoked. You would, like, I mean, if... Or ordered to do so. Right, I mean, I feel like if you're at the point where you're having a drink with him... Yeah. At that point, he likes you enough that he's not just going to suddenly kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. And also, if you go out in a bar fight with some other dude, and you had Mad Dog with you, man, you are set. That is very true. So there's my 
And I was like, he's just awesome. He's just awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's like tiny and so crazy. Kills everybody. It's just great. That that with that his is bare true. hands. Yeah, he's and like and plus, like I said, he has a he has a WWF finishing move. He has a signature move. Yeah, that's that's hard to beat. You know, the raid two is it's your jam. My jam. Who's your heart? It's actually surprisingly easy for me. I kind of dug. Uh, Eka, Eka, Eka. Yeah, me too. Um, Absolutely. But well, I, I, his turn of actually being a cop later, also very, very much, uh, you know, shades of the departed oh, there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he he's sort of quiet and off to the side, and you kind of get the sense that he's seen some shit, uh, which is cool. You know, who he reminded me of. It yeah. took me until right now to re- to put it together. Yeah. John Leguizamo. In Kick Ass Two, yes, he's, just like, he's always there. He's really helpful. Yeah, he's, he's cool. He's quiet, and he also like you know he's like making sort of he's looking out for everybody. Yeah, like. he's kind of making sure that everything actually works. He's really loyal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but he, I liked him a lot. But you know who I'm actually going to go with? Oh no, if you go with Hammer Girl, no, I'm not going to go with Hammer Girl. I'm going to go with Koso. Who was Mad he Dog was, in the second one? He was my second choice. Um, actually, he same, was, same. So it's the same actor who plays Mad Dog in the first one. Yeah. Mad Dog gets killed in in Redemption, and so but the actor's so great that they brought him back as a different character for Berendahl. And didn't um, really change the way he looks. No, I mean they they gave him a beard and they made his hair a little. He had long hair in the first one. They just make it a little more scraggly and wild. But yeah. but he's this. He he appears to be like this almost like homeless drifter. Who like or like he kind of lives on the streets kind of thing, and he's this well, I think he was badass, a, crazy I think assassin. Kind of, I think when he when he kills the, that first guy with yeah. the, through the fence, yeah, I think he was dressed. Uh, I, mean, I think that was a costume. Well, right, uh, but he also, but I mean, he has that crazy I mean, man beard and the hair. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, he always looks like a crazy man. Yeah, dude, but. I think he was sort of dressed up as the train man. Well, yeah, that could be. Like, I, I, I would buy that. Uh, that but he has this sort of, like, weird, like, wild drifter, like, look to him. Yeah. But then he, you know, he's got this wife and this kid that he doesn't see. And, I mean, you only get, like, a very little taste of it. But I think he's really great in that scene with the wife in the, in the restaurant. Like, he actually really... Considering it in the first movie, he pretty much just has to be surly and violent. Like right. I, I was actually really impressed. Like I think he really pulls that scene off very oh, well. Oh yeah. To the point that then later, uh, when he gets killed and he's got the locket of the of his son, um, you know, it didn't just feel like an empty totem. Like uh, you know, oh, just give him a prop to give that moment. So like, no, it actually felt genuine. It actually that that moment actually felt earned to me. Yeah, but do you really feel like having a beer with him would be fun? Well, I, look, he's certainly got stories. He's been killing, he's been like a hired gun for years. Uh, but he also has this like emotional family guy, like sensitive side to him. That is like, it's, I, that, that again, it feels like he wouldn't just kill you to kill you. Like, right. you know, I feel like, I feel like I could be buddies with that guy and that he would like totally have my back. If see, shit went down, see, he could take see, out the whole bar. See, but, I, I like it, but I think Eka, all that is still true. Yeah. But I can see him laughing more. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. He's, he's cool. Yeah. All right. My motherfucker's so cool when he sleeps, sheep count him. <laughs> Did you just call me your fucking butler? <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, 
not cool? That's a, <laughs> that's not cool. Uh, oh, my man. bad. Uh, that's. I mean, look. I think that probably that should just about wrap I it. I think we've gushed enough. Yeah, I these think movies are good. See these em. movies are great. Fucking go see them. Um, Universal is looking to reboot its classic monsters, um, bring oh, yeah. back its classic monsters, and they've actually got kind of a smart approach to it. They want to do the whole unified, you know, shared universe thing, just like Marvel and just like what DC is trying to do, and just like what Sony is desperate to do with Spider Man. Um, so they want to, you know, they're going to bring back Frankenstein's monster and Dracula and uh, Bride of Frankenstein and Invisible Man and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, that one I want to see. And the Wolfman. Yeah. Um, and we've had like a scattering of shitty reboots and remakes and stuff. There was that Wolfman movie with Benicio del Toro. I never saw that one. Yeah. Was, was, I mean that. Not so good. That movie is like a very. They changed directors a couple times. They changed writers a over, couple times over the course of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I th if I remember right, it's like they literally they had one guy, and I think he started shooting, and then they and then he left, and then they redid it. And they at one point it was all going to be all practical werewolf effects, and then it ended up as sort of a hybrid of digital and then practical. A hybrid. I see yes, what, I see indeed. What you did there. Indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to like that movie, and just did not. Um, I always watch Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Well, that would be the other way to go. Uh, there's a Dracula movie coming soon that's like Dracula's origin stories or some shit. It looks fucking awful. Oh, I think I saw a trailer for it's that. It's like Dracula Untold is what it's called. Who is... Dracula is uh, uh, Luke Evans, who was also in Fast and Furious 6. He was the, the main bad guy in Fast and Furious 6. Right. Why did I... When did I see that trailer? Uh, I don't know, but I'm sorry that you saw that trailer. That might have been one that I saw in our separate theaters. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, know. it came out right around that time. Yeah, so. I don't know. It looks... It's pretty unfortunate looking. Yeah. I mean, um, if I want to watch Dracula, yeah. I will watch Gary Oldman Dracula. Because that shit is amazing. Well, yeah, no. I mean, there's... It's beautiful. There's lots of... Well, yeah, there's lots of different versions of it. Um... So, I mean, we don't really know what any of the details are, except that they've hired Chris Morgan, who wrote the last five Fast and Furious movies, mm. uh, to be sort of the shepherd of this Universal monster franchise. Um, now, uh, I mean, Guillermo del Toro has been wanting to make a Frankenstein movie for years. It's like one of his favorite characters in all of cinema. Mm. Um, and, I mean, and he also really likes, uh, he's a big fan of the book. It's like his favorite book. And so... Here's the real question. Will he be... Are they going to have him fight Godzilla again? <laughs> They'd be outstanding. Wouldn't it? Um, well, I mean, there is like a history of sort of Universal Monster team-up movies. You know, mm -hmm. there was uh, a couple of them. It's like House of Dracula and House of Frankenstein, I think they were called. Um, where it's like a bunch of the monsters all appear in them, but they don't actually like share any screen time together, which is weird. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, where in they, so many years. but and like those are interesting because they actually got like Bela Lugosi to come back and well, that's uh, awesome. yeah, it's 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 kind of great actually. And Larry Talbot, it's like uh, uh, fucking uh, Lon Chaney. I mean, who plays Larry Talbot? Mm. Um, it's it's and I mean it's all farce. It's Everett and Costello, right? Um, but they're treating the monsters with some reverence, and that's kind of great. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you have to. It's yeah, and then there's. Do you ever see the Monster Squad? 
No. Yeah, Monster... Wait, wait a minute. That sounds very familiar. The Monster Squad is also like a monster team-up movie, and it's like all the Universal Monsters. It's from the 80s. Shane Black wrote it. Huh. And, uh, oh, that's why it sounds it. so familiar. Yeah. I, think, I, think you, I think you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about Predator, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, and that's also... That's... that's you know, it's a slightly more serious take. I mean, it's an '80s movie about kids who love monsters who actually meet monsters. So it's, you know, it's a comedy. It's it's almost Goonies esque, but mm. but the monsters were all taken very seriously again. So, no. um, you know, it, you know, it'd be nice. I don't know how they'll pull this thing off. Um, the Mummy is what they were going to start with because uh, they keep trying to do a reboot of the Mummy. Yeah. Um, and so I think they, they're still trying to start with the Mummy and and take it from there. I'm making the definite plan this October to actually watch the all of my... Because I bought the Universal Monster box set and still have only seen The Mummy at my friend Jason's house. So huh. um, so I'm planning on working my way through the rest of them this uh, this Halloween. Because yeah. last, last year, as part of my you know year of watching, I uh, spent all of October pretty much doing horror movies. Right. Uh, with, with a few exceptions. I think Gravity came out in October, so I watched, so I cut out for that, and Captain Phillips, I started screening Captain Phillips, so, um, but, but I did almost all horror, um, and so I'm really looking forward to, like, I never really grew up on horror movies, no, you know, I no, kind of avoided that. horror when I was younger, um, and so, and I still don't get, like, really into horror, that's certainly not the way I get into, like, sci-fi, for example. No, neither me. Um, there, were, there were two movies I remember scaring the ever-living shit out of me. Yeah. A little kid. And they're not movies you would think. Yeah. And for not for the reasons you would think. I was scared of Clash of the Titans. Really? When I that's was like, a kid. You're, that's like high on your list. That's like a movie that you like. Yeah. No, it, 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 I mean, yeah. But the reason why I was afraid of it is because I was young enough that the, I, like the concept of claymation yeah. and Ray Harryhausen, that didn't quite sink in. You know, it's and, like why the terror dogs are terrifying in Ghostbusters. Right, exactly. Because yeah. so, they almost look like, they, they feel like those could be real dogs. Right. And to a 10-year-old. No, no, no. no. The, the reason why I was scared, you know, I was way younger than 10 when I saw this. Right. And I, I, I think I was just at that point where I could read. Yeah. And I got to the end of the movie and I saw the credits started scrolling. And it said Medusa as herself. <laughs> And I said, "Yeah, that'll fuck you up." And I was like, "Holy shit!" And then, like, for the, for the next two weeks, I like had my mom's mirror, and I was like sticking it around corners in my house, <laughs> so that I, where I wouldn't turn to stone That's in the next room. Fucking incredible! Uh, yeah, I am now picturing a tiny you with a hand mirror creeping around your big old house. Yeah, no, I literally did that <laughs> for like two weeks. I did that. The other movie that scared the shit out of me is I remember seeing on TV like a re. Well, not a re, but a, a colorized version of the portrait of Dorian Gray. Oh yeah, from I don't even know what year that came out, but it was all black and white. And then they colorized the portrait, just the portrait. Really, so it would come out of, or, or like something very similar. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen it yeah. since. But with my very Catholic upbringing, just like and things, it would come out of nowhere that they would show this portrait getting more and more demented. And yeah, fucked up. And that scared the shit out of me because I was like, "I'll be good, I'll be good." Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll do it. That'll yeah, that, get you, man. That scared me. Um, yeah, no. So, have you watched any? I mean, have you watched any of the Universal classic monsters? Like 
the originals. I mean, I think I did at some point, but yeah. certainly, again, like there long are enough any, ago that yeah, you there might are any not, number of yeah. movies at this point that I haven't seen since I was a kid. Yeah, or that I just don't remember. I mean, like I need to watch Citizen Kane again. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've, I've certainly seen it a number of times, but I don't remember. Yeah, a lot of the details. I remember it being yeah. really damn good. And yeah, same, same thing with like two thousand one. Yeah, I uh, I've been wanting to rewatch that one for a bit too. I've actually really wanting to watch Twelve Monkeys right now uh, Never because seen 12 Monkeys. oh really yeah. oh come over we'll watch it. Um, there's a sci-fi is doing a series uh, starting in January, huh. a Twelve Monkey series, and it looks nothing like Gilliam's movie because it's a Terry Gilliam movie, so it's yeah. fucking bananas crazy. It's it's awesome and weird yeah. in all the best ways, uh, and the show doesn't look anything like it. It basically just takes this very basic storytelling premise and tells a similar story but without all of the like awesome visual flourishes that make is, that movie so great what is terry Gilliam's new movie coming out zero theorem yeah. um where, where did we see we saw that we, we saw the uh trailer for it during something oh yeah i mean Recently. probably i mean i put a i posted about it on the on the site but maybe that's worse i don't remember I mean, it's great. The trailer's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. I mean, it's a Terry Gilliam movie, and that's enough to get me there, but it's also starring Christoph Waltz, so yeah. yes, please. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for that. And it's, I mean, I don't, when we'll actually get to see that, I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to happen, mm, it's not August, it's September, I think. Hmm. Um, but it's also one of those, it'll be limited, you know, a Gilliam movie. It's not going to yeah. be in three thousand theaters, you right, know. It's right, it'll right. be a limited release, and we'll have to track it down to the Brattle or the Coolidge well, a couple weeks after that. So that's one thing I've noticed actually is that whenever we see movies that are a little off, not off center, but not totally mainstream, yeah. I find it odd that we haven't been to the Kendall. Yeah, I you know I, what happened to the Kendall? Did oh, they, it's still there. It's still it's still, still good. It? Yeah. I mean, I haven't been to Kendall in years. I've only been a couple of times. I saw down the street for me. Yeah, one of the first movies I saw was at the Kendall, um, and for one of the first movies I saw for the year, my year of watching was at the Kendall. Hmm. Uh, it was Stoker, and I've only been back for a couple other things. I saw her there as a screening. I still haven't seen her. Oh man, I know, it's I know, so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, the Kendall's nice. I, I I would like to go back there. It's just like. I feel like it's it's like just enough out of my way in mm -hmm. East in Eastie that it's rare that there's something that's playing there and not somewhere else that is more is it, convenient. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I've always hated going. The Kendall is one of those places where I consistently get lost. <laughs> yeah, it's just like how I have to remember how to get yeah, there every where, time. Well, that also when the construction doesn't help. Yeah. Now we've got uh, one last thing we'll talk. We can chat about uh, next week is Comic Con. Yeah. Comic-Con coming up, or, you yeah. know, this week, by the time this, this airs. Um, so, Comic-Con's always very exciting. There's lots of, always lots of interesting news and stuff that comes out. It's so I, big Marvel news lately. Well, yeah, exactly. So, I was going to say, Marvel has got a, you know, Hall H is the big, the big uh, auditorium room there, where all the big studios do all their big panels and stuff. Um, and Marvel has got Hall H at the very end of the week. They've got the last big the last big presentation there, which is, you know, great. They're going to sort of dominate the end of the week. The, they're going to have all the buzz going into, the, you know, the, the, that weekend. Um, they just yesterday uh, basically did their thing. They staked their claim to a bunch of release dates without any titles associated with them. Just said, yeah. we're going to put out movies on these dates. Yeah. Um, so, and it's like all the way up through 2019. So, 19. yeah. So, I mean, it's probably 
into phase four at this point. Um, hey, keep them coming. Yeah, no. Um, you know, what movies we'll see that will actually be on that slate? I mean, I expect some of them will get announced uh, at Comic-Con this mm-hmm. week. Um, I, I expect we'll get the full phase three slate. Um, maybe even some of phase four. I don't know. Um, I expect we will be getting a we'll, we'll certainly be getting a cap three we'll certainly be getting a thor three yeah I, I think there's probably a pretty good chance that those franchises will end at that point yeah we'll get cap three thor three we got a third iron we got three iron mans um we'll see them in avengers three and i wouldn't be surprised if they either just came around for avengers movies or just you know Marvel moved on to some other heroes for a while. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, it's it's interesting. Now, you know, along those same lines, uh, we're, you know, in the comic book world. All kinds of crazy shit's going on. Yeah, so, you know, they've made some announcements. So Cap is going to be, uh, they've got a storyline right now where uh, Steve Rogers loses the super serum, the super soldier serum, and becomes an old man. Um, And I guess this has happened to him in the past. In other, in other runs. Um, but he basically becomes a weak old man, and so uh, uh, the Falcon has to take up uh, Cap's shield and be, yeah, becomes Cap. Um, so, Flying Cap. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and he literally, he's wearing the, the suit, but he, also, but he still has the Falcon wings. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, the image they have. It's just, I fucking love that shit. Yeah. Um, so we've got, we've got a black Cap, uh, and we also have a female Thor coming. Uh, Thor is going to... Do something, and I guess they've been hinting at this as well, that a couple of characters have been, like, traveling uh, into the future where they keep running into a future Thor who is, you know, no longer Thor. I mean, he's the same guy, but he, uh, you know, he doesn't have Mjolnir the hammer. He has become unworthy of the hammer. So he has, like, a sword or something. Mm. Um, And he's still doing stuff, but he's not... You know, he's not Thor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I guess they're they're leading up to this that he's going to do some terrible thing that will make him unworthy of the hammer, and uh, a woman that we whose identity still remains unknown will be taking up his mantle. So we're going to have a black cap and a female Thor. Uh, the internet has actually been, I feel, mostly supportive of this, and I think that's yeah. great because that, as soon as you hear these kinds of things, I mean, like you know crazy it almost feels like at this point marvel is just trolling like misogynistic <laughs> racist fanboys of yeah. which they are legion but like i i feel like most of the most of the you know feedback most of the commentary that i've been seeing this week has been pretty positive now that just might be a more consequence of like i don't follow assholes on twitter like yeah. I mean, I haven't gone just searching for, like, reactions, but, like, anything that I've read, anything that I've seen has been mostly pretty positive. Um, so, I mean, yeah. that it's nice to see, I think. Yeah. Um, and now, are we going to see that stuff in the movies? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I mean, the, one of the big stumbling blocks is going to be that, you know, there's no... When uh, Hemsworth and Chris Evans, the two Chris's, when their uh, contracts are up, there's no way they're going to renew them. Like, yeah. at the very least, you know, Marvel has them signed to these, like, crazy eight-picture deals, and there's just no way that they're going to sign to those kinds of deals ever again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if the if it's not a matter of those characters basically getting a rest, 
um, then yeah, there, you're going to have to see. Them. Yeah, and it yeah. might you know, and it's I would rather see them do something like that, like from the comics, where it's not like well, we're just going to have a different actor step in and play the same character. Like, I'd rather see them be comic booky well, and do something that has some other character taking on that role. In terms of uh, Cap, anyway, I mean, they've got this Bucky thing ready yep. to go. Absolutely. And I mean, I mean, and he's, I mean, Winter Soldier certainly is, yep. in the past in the comics, has, has been, uh, sure. been become, become Cap. Yep. I don't know what they would do with Thor exactly. Well, and uh, you know, uh, this isn't the first time that someone else has taken on the role of Thor. Uh, he was once a frog, uh, and he yes. was once a uh, horse-faced alien. Yeah, whose name named is... Beta Ray Bill. Yes, Beta Ray Bill. That's right. <laughs> Which is hysterical. I remember, I remember Beta Ray Bill. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and so then he, and then he ended up getting uh, a second hammer. Yeah. And he and he's he dresses like Thor. I remember. Yep. There are there are all sorts of weird like spinoffs of this. So I mean, it's not outside their own possibility. And I'd love to see them get yeah, just like embrace those roots and do something do something along those lines. I would love to see Beta Ray Bill happen. Well, yeah. I mean, look, is, like, I feel like I want to see him just like lurking around the background of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that's the that's the thing about Guardians. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I I, I haven't been doing all the like watching everything. That yeah. Because they've been putting out a lot of oh, stuff sure, about Guardians yeah. and I, I was like I'm not totally closed off but I'm, I'm not at, like, at this point yeah, it's, it's so a soon, week and a half yeah, we're ready so, to go it's so soon that I'm I, I, I'm not um, but I remember it, it reminded me of when X3 came out yeah or maybe it was X2 no it was X2 actually okay at the end of X2 when or the whole thing of X2 where they she starts to become the Phoenix and I was like whoa because I remember saying to you in the theater, I was like, once you send, send the, the X-Men, X-Men to space, space, there's no going back. Like, everything just gets fucking weird. I use that phrase all the time yeah. in reference to, um, you know, myriad other topics. Yes. I mean, like, that's that's your jumping the shark moment. Yeah. And I feel like Guardians, like, they're sending Marvel to space now. Absolutely. Right? Which means all the space characters. It's who opening the door to that who, shit, who yeah. Who are mutants. Yep. Uh, are suddenly fair game. No, absolutely. Like Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. I would love to see... I mean, I'm I'm really excited for all of those possibilities. Um, Now, you know, we'll have to see how they... what they end up doing, how they end up linking Guardians back to all of this domestic Earth heroism. Well, Um, I mean, I think we know how that's going to happen. Well, I mean... Thanos. Well, no, no, no. I just mean that, like, look, obviously we've already had aliens on Earth in the Avengers universe, but, you know... uh, how, how is it literally just going to be that the Guardians show up in an Avengers movie? Are they going to bring a whole bunch of aliens with them? Or are the Avengers going to go out into space? Like, well, like that's is... the part that I'm curious to see where that goes. You know, are they? is it literally going to be like Iron Man in, like, space armor? Like, out battling alien well, ships? I, mean, uh, I remember when Iron Man 3 came out, there was a whole buzz around... Uh, because, because Guardians had been announced, and yeah. there was a lot of buzz around the space the, armor. Yeah, yeah, which there is, was a... Which is, I mean, it's one of the armors in, arm, in Iron Man 3 that gets destroyed. Yeah, there's... But, uh, uh, there's the a, gold yeah. one. The, well, the, there's gold, all, the gold face, the white one. Yeah, there's a white one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, well, and this happens all the time with movies, and especially with, like, comic book movies, yeah. superhero movies, action movies, toy movies, where they release these toy lines yeah. for... And they release, you know, variants on characters or characters that aren't actually in the movie, but yeah. they might be in a video game tie-in or something like right, that. Right, right, And they make these toys, and the toys 
get released, you know, months before the movie. Right. And, and so then everyone crazy. goes, oh, there's a there's a toy with an action figure of Iron Man in white armor. So he's definitely going to go to space. So right. I bet Iron Man goes and, like, meets the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end. Uh, I remember hearing that, yeah. hearing that same rumor passed around. Um, so, yeah, well, there's we'll also see. Benicio Del Toro, that whole thing. Yep. And, I mean, there are any number of ways they could bring it, like, yeah. tie it all back together. But, yes, yeah, you know, I'll be curious. I, mean, I know that there was a comic where Hulk becomes too much to handle and they like stick him on a planet somewhere yeah planet hulk um right and i there are many many indications that that's that might happen yeah uh, sooner rather than later in no fact. i know that i mean there i like i remember seeing the thing where they've got the hulk buster armor yeah fighting hulk yeah in I, in ultron like that's, uh, yeah he's gonna there is some sort of hulk buster armor in ultron that was like in some concept sketches yeah um now, in fact, the, the I think the running theory at this point, um, take it with a grain of salt, you know, various people say they've read a script or, you know, whatever, but yep. um, there is, a, I guess, a lot of speculation that Guardians 2 will actually essentially be a Planet Hulk movie. Oh. That, that Hulk is going to somehow end up out in space on, a, on another planet and it's basically going to be Hulk and the Guardians um, teamed fine. up out in space somehow. Fine with me. Yeah, no, I mean, that's great. There, I mean, that's probably the closest we're going to get to a, like, standalone Hulk movie. And you know what? I think I'm actually would be happier with this because, I, you know, we've had two standalone Hulk movies and... They both were bad. Well, I, yeah, they're not... Well, they're not good, but it's also, like, if they both sort of feel like, well, yeah, that's what a standalone Hulk movie is. And has to be. Without, yeah, I mean, he's on the run, he hulks out, he breaks a bunch of shit, and then he goes on the run some more. <laughs> I, like, kinda, um, I broke Harlem. Yeah, exactly. But in, like until you do something really radical, like send him out into space, or like yeah. introduce a bunch of weird aliens, like when it's, you know, in a very grounded sort of domestic setting like that, it feels like there isn't really a lot. Well, direction it's, for it's the story little, to go. It's a little like a Godzilla movie. Yeah. The Hulk. Because it's like, alright, army versus the Hulk. Yeah. And, uh, the old, I mean, the way they got around that in all the Godzilla movies is they give him another monster to fight. Sure. You know? Well, again, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's the same thing. It's he fights Nick Nolte monster, he fights Tim Roth monster. It's right. like, it's just it's, one other, one CG creature versus another. Yeah. So, you know, putting him in a different place or giving some other stakes to it rather than just like, well, there's this other monster. He's got to be... It, it, that's he's going to win. win. Yeah, exactly. So that's at least you know, more interesting to me. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see where that takes us. I mean, at the very least, Guardians... I feel like this is where the entire Marvel Universe could, have, could I mean, I suppose it still could. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like it will, but it but it could go totally off the rails. Well, there's and, a, and become crap. There's another element to this as well. So Guardians is bringing Marvel into space, um, but you know the other character we're likely to see in Phase Three. And, uh No, <laughs> I mean yes, but no. Uh, the other character we're likely to see in Phase 3, and in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel announced this casting uh, as one of their big reveals at Comic-Con, is uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. And that's the magic realm of, of Marvel. Right. You know, there's, weird there's like, technology, you know, Earth shit, like, 
you know, super soldier serums and our suits right. of armor. Mutants. There's there's space aliens like guardians, and you know, Thor sort of bridges the gap. Thor is kind of magic, kind of space alien, like they, and that was sort of their bridge into like you know, traditionally he's sort of more of a, you know, he exists kind of in a world of magic kind of thing, yeah. but but they sort of in the movies have sort of couched it as like, well. Magic. We're from another dimension, and what you call, you know, magic, you know, is or we call magic, you call science. It's all kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, Doctor Strange is a fucking, like, sorcerer. I mean, there's, yeah. like, there's no two ways about it. He is a man of magic. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole other, like, third rail of, uh, of storytelling that they can well, delve I mean, into they, now. But they, they have a history of glossing over some of the weird magic stuff. Yeah. I mean... Juggernaut is not a mutant. No. He's magic. Well, yes. I mean, yes. Not that we've ever seen that in cinema form, but... Well, I mean, we've probably got Juggernaut. I told you that uh, uh, Quicksilver was supposed to be Juggernaut originally in Days of Future Past, right? Oh, that would make things very different. Yeah. Yeah, the Quicksilver sequence was originally supposed to be Young Juggernaut. Young Juggernaut would just... But young Juggernaut would be useless. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's he needs to get the the ruby of something. I don't. I, I fucking. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. If they go all magicy, that's that's a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll you know we'll see where they go if they still try to stick with this like magic is science and science is magic and you know it's all whatever. Um, or if they really kind of commit to trippy psychedelic. You should see, like, just like look some pictures, look at some pages of Doctor Strange. Just like do a little image search. It's a fucking psychedelic shit. It's like mm. a million, a million colors dripping off the page uh, in a lot of those panels. Um, it's it's really pretty fantastic. So, and I mean, he's you know Kevin Feige. That's one of his like all time favorite characters. Uh, you know, he's like running the show over at Marvel, and he this is the character he's been wanting to do since like day one. Um, so you know, we'll see. Um, it has a director. It does? Is he a real doctor? I don't know anything about Doctor Strange. He's one of those characters I know nothing about. Yeah, he is yeah, he is a real doctor, actually. He's a, a he surgeon. Is. He starts as a surgeon, um, and then he becomes... He gets sort of wrapped up in this world of magic. He actually becomes, like, uh, taken in by a sorcerer and then becomes a sorcerer. Um, Scott Derrickson is going to be directing it. They haven't they haven't announced like a date for it. They, I mean, they've, the movie's been in development for for ages, um, but they did. Scott, I don't think Marvel made a press release. And Scott Derrickson just sort of tweeted, "I'm going to be doing Doctor Strange." Um, he's like a horror guy, which mm -hmm. is why I think that's really interesting. Um, he made that uh, Sinister. Um, uh, his newest movie is uh, Deliver Us from Evil. That's out right now. Um, he also did the remake of uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know what I love is when you Google a character that there have been rumors swirling yeah. about that you're going to make him, and they just show his face next to every conceivable actor. actor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so funny. So we'll see, we'll see, I mean, yeah, and there's been all sorts of names thrown around. Johnny Depp was a big contention for a long time. Yeah, yeah as I say, lots of pictures of Johnny Depp. Um, some people say Depp, some people say, or I think Depp's sort of fallen out, but he was the big name for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, there are a lot of people that say, are still saying... Uh, that guy? 
Oh, is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan? I don't think so. No, that's that guy. Oh, oh, Javier Bardem. That's Javier yeah, yeah, Bardem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Javier Bardem's name has been thrown around a little bit. And that guy, uh, Joseph Fine. Yeah. Um, no, the what else we got here. The other Here's guy Depp again. Oh, uh, <laughs> a lot of people are saying. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, a lot of people are saying Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. The Oscar Isaac's name was under contention for a long time too. I don't. I mean, now that he's doing Star Wars, I think he's probably out of it. But yeah. I would have loved to see that version. I think that would have been interesting because that guy's a fucking actor. So yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, we could be Clive getting Owen? could be getting Cumberbatch. I don't. Know, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, and then the you know the other one uh, that's interesting is uh, Ms. Marvel or Captain Marvel could go either way. Right. Um. I think that's the other Some Starbuck. Yeah. What the. Yeah, look, if we're lucky, we get Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, Sign me up. There, you know, we still haven't had a like female-led superhero franchise. Um, yeah. You know, DC. She's, she's not an Ultron. Uh, I don't. Well, nobody knows for sure. Um, I think there's some speculation that uh, they might sort of introduce her in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie and I were talking about this last night. She has like a whole elaborate plan in her brain as to how they should introduce her and how she should play out. Um, but well, doesn't she get her powers? I don't remember. She how gets she, she gets her powers from an alien. Uh, I think from the Kree. Oh, um, okay. And but she starts out as just like a pilot, kind of oh. Green Lantern ish. Um, yeah. And uh, and so yeah yeah so she's there's no female led superhero franchise right now. DC sort of backdooring Wonder Woman, but. It's probably going to be some time before we get an actual Wonder Woman movie. Marvel could still beat them to the punch if that's a race that they're really interested in winning. I'm per kind se. of sad about that. I, I, like, I feel like Wonder Woman deserves her own movie. Yeah, I mean, she's going to get it. And, you know, Warner Brothers has been developing Wonder Woman for years. They had Joss Whedon on it for a while. They've had all sorts of different people on that yeah. title for a while. They have never been able to get a script that they liked. Um, yeah. And there have been many, and some have been good, and some have been very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, they also tried to bring her back to TV a couple of years ago, and that was that. apparently a train wreck of epic proportions. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, you know, they've been trying, they haven't succeeded, but you know, maybe she'll turn out well in in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's a real movie title. Like, what's her name? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so all sorts of interesting Marvel possibilities on the horizon uh, you know next week's next week will be very interesting and i'm sure we'll uh, we'll have all sorts of fun things to talk about uh for next week's podcast um what are we going to see next week well we've got wednesday wednesday we're going to go to a uh, advanced screening of lucy uh the luke basson action movie with uh scarlett johansson in which she you know, the whole movie is based on that erroneous, ridiculous conceit of humans only use 10% of their brains. What if we used 100% of our brains? Mm-hmm. And she gets, like, superpowers and shit. Uh, but it's Luke Besson in a female action movie, so I am on board. Yeah, let's um, do it. And then, uh, and then we might try to squeeze in a Hercules, Hercules screening as Hercules. well. Because, god damn it, that trailer is just too good to let go. Um, Eldad with a Nemean lion. Hat. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna see if we can make that happen too. But we'll, at the very least, we'll definitely be talking Lucy next week, and uh, hopefully also Hercules, and then you know dissecting whatever news comes out of Comic Con, I suppose. So yeah. Uh, well, uh, Bartholomew, thank hey. you as always for joining me. My pleasure. Uh, you can follow along uh, with 
all of our uh, podcast uh, excitement uh, and adventures on both adventures, adventures, adventures and podcasting <laughs> uh, on both. Is that like I, adventures and babysitting. It is, but uh, much more sedentary um, and with more laptops. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, not untrue. Yeah. You can follow along on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Um, and, and then, of course, you can follow along on the website, uh, dailyscreening.com, as well as uh, at Daily Screening on Twitter or on Facebook or Instagram or Tumblr or all these other places. So we've had fun talking. I hope you've had fun listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Okay.